how's everybody doing? Man, what a day. Um, it just gets exciting. Like, you know, we, we, uh, we baptized just 16 here at this campus, and I remember, I, I think something, I remember like, when I first moved here in June of 2012, uh, we had 24 total people that were in the building. Um, and so it's amazing, like, what God has done and how good and gracious the Lord has been. And I do believe this, and this is, we're doing a series called You Asked For It. And I, from day one, here's what I told the people that were here when I came, is that we're going to be biblically faithful, and we're going to be faithful to the text, to the scriptures. Um, and that's what we've been doing this series, especially. We've been really digging into questions that you guys have about Christianity, about God, about different things. It's been awesome to see so many people get invited online to watch in. And so if you have not been here for this series, go back and rewatch it. Um, some really great topics and things that we've hit on. Uh, but today what we're going to do, we're talking about other religions and cults. And uh, it's going to be really interesting, so I want to break it down for you about what some of these believe. Because our culture, and then, you know, sometimes it's skewed, you know, what does this group believe? Are they Christians? Do we all believe the same God? And I want to break it down for you there. Um, what I do want to say, though, when you talk about other religions or even those who are cults, um, those who, you know, again, are, they, they pervert Christianity and the gospel, uh, you have to understand that you cannot go into it with being angry at them. You have to have compassion on them, right? Some culturally just grew up that way and were taught by their mom, their dad, their grandparents, trusted people. Um, some just because of where they lived, they grew up that way. And so you got to have compassion upon those who are in those environments so you can have conversations with them, not be angry and, uh, you know, and be upset because they don't believe what you believe. But the first one we're going to deal with is, is Islam. And the reason we're going to deal with Islam is that there is a very popular thought out there in culture uh, that Islam, Judaism, and Christianity all serve the same God. And I want to talk to you about that. But you've got to understand what Islam believes in order to understand is that true or not. Uh, first of all, um, Islam and Muslims, what they believe, it was formed in the 7th century by a guy named Muhammad. And Muhammad claimed that he was a prophet, the final prophet sent from God. He came after Jesus, so it was 7th century AD after Jesus. And he claimed that God gave him the final revelation of everything. And so the, uh, and what he did was he wrote a book called the Quran. It was written by one man, by him. And what you're going to see in every one of these we go through, it's, it, you're going to see the similarities. One man, he declares he's the prophet of God and he writes the book. Um, that's not what Christianity does. And what it's built on is this. The Quran's built on the five pillars. That's how you are able to try to make Allah, their God, happy with you. And so their five pillars of belief are the testimony of faith in Allah, that you have, um, that, you know, you serve Allah and him only. And you've got to do five ritual prayers a day. You've got to make sure you do those. They give once a year, it's another pillar of their faith, and, they, and fasting on the ninth month from dawn to dusk. And those are all the works that they have to do to try to get to heaven. The problem is they're never sure if they can get there. They believe that Allah is the one true God, and they believe in angels and prophets up under Allah. So there's Allah, there's Muhammad, and there's angels and prophets. And so how does Christ fit into that? And that's very important. How does the Bible fit into that? Um, do, what do Muslims believe about the Bible? They believe the Bible. This is a good thing about cults, right? Because cults will, because they, they, they don't want to dispute that because they all take the Bible and pervert it. That's what they do. So what they do is they say, we believe the Bible, but 
the Quran is the final revelation. And the Quran tells us that Jesus was not God in the flesh. That he was, he was not God incarnate, right? And so you have to understand, yes, they do believe the Bible, which is really good. Because, that, 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 again, when we get to how do you reach someone who's a Muslim, it's important. But, yes, they do. But, again, their final revelation. In each one of these groups, you're going to see they have a final revelation from their prophet. And that guy holds, and his teachings hold precedence over the teachings of Scripture, even though they use Scripture. Uh, do Christians and Muslims believe in the same God? Now, this is where it gets a little squirrely because, yes, Abraham. Remember Abraham? He had two sons and, and, uh, and, and Ishmael, and, and the, that was born of, the, of Hagar. He wasn't supposed to do that because he was supposed to, you know, again, with, with his wife. And all that you know, kind of just went sideways. Two different groups and two that. So Islam comes from Ishmael and that group. And they claim that, again, they're serving the one true, the one true living God. And they claim that we both serve the, the one true living God. Here's the problem with that. We don't serve the same God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you an example. A dramatic pause on purpose. Let's say you, that you and your friend both say you know me. All right? Oh, yeah, I, I know Kevin Bordeaux. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure do. Oh, yeah, man, yeah. And, and so let's say your friend says, yeah, he's about six foot four. He loves to play lacrosse, you know? Yeah, yeah, he, he grew up in California, and they're describing someone to you, and they're oh, yeah, and, and all the, like, he, he's really into skeet shooting, and you're like, that's not, but yeah, we, we, we believe in the same Kevin Bordeaux. No, 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 the guy that I knew and I grew up with, and I, I've talked to him, no, no, that's not what he even says. He's a, so you can... That's what happens with Islam and Christianity and Judaism. So Islam, Islam, Muslims say, oh, wait, we believe in, in, in the one true living God. You're like, oh, that's great. That's awesome. And, like, and they start describing him. You're like, this isn't the same God. Like, no, 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 no. Because the way we know God is through the scriptures. He is revealed in that, his character, his nature, the covenant that he, that he made with the Jews and then the new covenant through Christ that he made. And so when you're talking, that's not the same God because it can't be the same God to say, by works you get into heaven. And then this other God says, no, 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 it's by grace you get into heaven through Christ. That's not the same God. I don't care what you call him, right? And so they don't believe in the same God that we do. And you have to understand that. And even when it comes to, to scriptures, um, they don't believe in the Trinity. They don't believe that Jesus Christ is God revealed to humanity in the flesh come to save us from our sins. They don't believe that. So no, that's not the same God because our God, for God so loved the world that he did what? That he gave his one and only son that through him, whoever believes, right, should not perish but have everlasting life. He didn't send his son into the world to condemn it, but through him it may be saved. John three sixteen and 17. That is our God. That's the nature of our God. Our God says, yes, you're all sinners. Yeah, if you choose sin, you won't sin, you're born into sin. But you can't be good enough to get into heaven. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's righteous. That's a big problem, right? But then he says, and let me give you the solution for it. I'm going to send my son to you to save you from your sins. And so they don't believe that, again, Christ is revealed in, um, or God is revealed in Christ. So how do you witness to a Muslim? How do I do that? 
Now, you have to understand with any cult or anything that perverts Christianity, because again, Islam took all of the Christian or, or Judeo, excuse me, the, the Jewish and Christian terms, they took those and created their own. So their lexicon, in their lexicon, they use the word sin, they use death, hell, one God and one law. Here's the difference. They don't have the word savior in their lexicon. You are your savior. You, through the five pillars, have to save yourself. And you never know if, if, the, if you've done enough. So how do you witness to a Muslim? In the same way, and this is going to be the same, you're going to start seeing the same thing any way you witness to any other religion in the world. They're not assured of salvation. They're working for it. And so after you talk to someone who's Muslim and ask them questions and be, be curious, learn about it. And then let them tell you and all that stuff and just say, man, that's got to be really difficult. I mean, to like never know that you're, gonna like, that, that you're measuring up. I mean, it's got to be tough. I mean, do you, do you, really, does, do you really ever know if you're going to get to heaven? They're like, I don't really know. So, man, wow, well, you know, like that's got to be tough. You know, I'm really thankful because there's something called grace that, you know, that Christ gave and taught. Have you ever heard of the word grace before? And, and most, people can't, most people can't tell you what grace is. Oh, grace is that you're given something that you don't deserve, that you can't earn. Like, like for my son, when, when, he, when he sometimes has not been a good kid, I do, I'll do something good for him. He'll say, Dad, why are you doing that? I say, it's called grace. I'm giving you what you don't deserve. And then one day it's going to click with him. That's, that's what Christ did for him, right? And so that's the way you approach someone who is Muslim. And you could encourage them, well, hey, listen, um, re re read the Bible. Just, just go read the New Testament. And as you're reading it, just ask God to show you about the doctrine of grace and how it's through grace you're, you're saved. And so that's the way you would reach a Muslim because, again, they believe the Bible, they believe in God, but they're, it's works-based. That's Islam. Uh, the next religion I want to talk about today is going to be Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, and so who are they and what do they believe? Uh, they were started in 1870 by Charles Taze Russell. And again, he believed he was a prophet sent from God. Do you see a common theme? That God gave him a revelation that Christians all had it wrong the whole time. They're all wrong. I mean, what they're doing is wrong. The Bible's wrong. The way they've interpreted it is wrong. And so he created um, this thing called the, or was created after he died, called the Watchtower Society, which ended up becoming Jehovah's Witnesses, um, or you, know, you see the Kingdom Hall of Jehovah's Witnesses. And what they believe is they, well, before I get into that, what they do is they target people who are already Christians. That's what they do. Um, I had him sit with my friend one time who's an atheist philosopher, and it, he drove him crazy. They're not built to teach philosophy. They're built to try to trick you with these little verses that they're taught in their little classes. To try to trick you that the whole time we've all believed something completely wrong. And this guy has the revelation. And so that's what they do there. Um, now, again, what do they believe? They believe that Jesus, again, is not God incarnate. God come in the flesh. They believe he is the archangel Michael. And th th they will say, oh, yeah, Jesus... Um, is the son of God. They'll use the terminology, but they don't believe God in the flesh come to save us from our sins. Um, and again, they claim the Bible has been corrupted. And this is very important. And we'll get to their translations. They, they, they claim that. Anytime you're talking with someone and you're, you're holding the Bible there and they say it's been corrupted, I have the real translation. You're never going to win that argument. 
rarely will you win it. Because they, what they're going to do is you, you're not both playing the same, from the same field, from the same thing. You're both not pulling from the same document. And they're taking things out of context. And, they're, and so, again, we'll get into how they translate it and things of that nature. But they believe the Bible was corrupted. Now they have the real revelation. The next thing is this. They believe that Jesus was created. He wasn't, again, the one creating at the Holy Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In Genesis 1, you see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit present at creation. For it says that, again, God, God spoke. What did God speak? The Word. John says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And they tried to attack that. And it says that the Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. Read Genesis chapter 1. At creation, all three were present there. So they don't believe that Jesus is, and the Holy Spirit is equal with, with God. They also don't believe the Holy Spirit's a person. We're going to teach on the Holy Spirit uh, in a series coming up called Ghost Stories in the next several weeks. And we're going to teach you about the Holy Spirit. They teach you that the Holy Spirit's not a person, the person of the Trinity. They teach you he's just a power. It's, it's just a power. It's just a force out there. It's like you know, the Jedi force if you're a Star Wars fan, right? Um, that you can kind of just use and, and things of that nature. Um, they also don't believe that Christ was crucified on a cross. They think he was, he, it was a stake there, so they don't, they don't believe in the cross, and they don't believe in hell. They believe in annihilism, and so does Islam, which says once you die, you're annihilated. You are no more. They don't believe in the doctrine of hell, and they believe that Jesus Christ has already come back in the, um, the uh, early 1900s. Now, here's what they're going to do when they talk to you. They're going to have their Bible called the New World Translation that they have really got it right, and for years and centuries, Christians have gotten it wrong. And let me tell you, uh, here's the funniest thing about that. So with Christianity, let me say this, with translations, we are so critical. We have so many scholars who are, have doctorates, and this is what they do all day, and they cross-critique each other. Their names are in the translations, right? You can find out who were the people who helped get us this translation, which is, you know, if you have the NIV or the New King James or the NASB or whatever it is, right? The NLT. We know these people. They're accredited. Their translators are all kept secret. There's no accountability. No accountability to how they're completely, completely misinterpreting Greek syntax and grammar. So what they do is they go in, especially the one scripture that they really wanted to attack um, is, in the beginning was the Word, John 1. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And what they want to do, which is completely, completely in error, a Greek scholar can show you, again, they're not Greek scholars. We have no idea who even translated this. We have people just talking about it, right? This, this person won't come forward. They won't go have debates, open debates about it. They say that in the beginning was um, that, that the word was a God. A, little, was not God in the flesh because the word is Jesus, eternal. And they do not want you to know, uh, believe that Jesus is on equal terms with God. They're also the first group ever to intentionally edit the Bible for their beliefs. Ever. First group we've ever had do that. And that's what they, they did there. Now, what is the key to witnessing to, to Jehovah's Witnesses? I'm going to pull up a scripture here uh, on my phone. And this is uh, something that a Jehovah's Witness actually told us one time. Uh, he, he got saved out of being a Jehovah's Witness. He said, this is the number one way to be able to reach a, um, 
of Jehovah's Witnesses, and it's in Revelation chapter 1, if I can find this uh, correct scripture here. It's not going to be on your screen. And so um, once I get to that scripture, I will get there and show you this. If I can find that. I should have been ready for that right here. So in Revelation 1, Jesus is speaking. It's because Revelation, it's not Revelations, by the way. Don't, don't say it. it's Revelations. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so what happened is, is Jesus says to John, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I'm the Alpha and I'm, I'm the Omega. And you ask yourself, who's, witness, uh, who's speaking here? Oh, that's God speaking. Oh, because he's the Alpha and the Omega. Yes. It's not Jesus, no. It says God. Revelation 1.17. I died. But look, I'm alive forever. So you want to ask the Jehovah's Witnesses, when, when, did, when did Jehovah die? That's interesting. So you don't believe Jesus is saying this? No, Jesus is saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Right? I was dead, but now I'm alive. It's the third per, it's the, the Trinity there. And if you use this, they cannot answer that. Now, they may have already tried to edit that in their New World Translation and kind of get that out of there for you, but they can't answer that. So number one, the deity of Christ is how you're going to try to reach a Jehovah's Witness, to bring them back to the, de- the deity of Christ, and they're going to argue the deity of Christ with you, that he's not really that. But the other thing you have to realize about Jehovah's Witnesses, it's the same thing of every other world religion. They have to do works to get to heaven. They are not saved by grace through faith alone in Christ. They will tell you they believe in the cross, they believe in the resurrection, they'll tell you all of that. But if you do not join their group, if you do not join their group and do their works, you cannot be saved. You cannot try to find salvation and find right standing with Jehovah through your works. Every religion, it's all about how good you can be, how good of a person you are. It is not about Jesus doing it for you. So understand that about uh, Jehovah's Witnesses there. And the third group I want to talk to you today about is the Mormons. All right. Um, the Mormons may be one of the trickiest because, again, they use the same lexicon we use, right? Christ, Savior, death, sin, hell, the Grammy, all that stuff. They use all of that. But what Mormons do, just like Jehovah's Witnesses, they go in to prey on Christians who don't really know the scriptures and understand it. And they have these, they, they, they practice, they go in classes and they're taught to trick you. They are taught. They are given specific verses out of context, not taking the whole Bible into account to trick you. So Mormonism, just so you know kind of where that came from, was from a man named Joseph Smith. Again, he was the prophet of God. He claimed that Jesus showed up to him and showed him the real revelation. So what did he do? He wrote a book called the Book of Mormon. One man wrote a book, and the Book of Mormon is the final revelation, not the Bible. The Bible is a revelation. But just like Islam and Muhammad, the Quran's a final revelation, just like with the Watchtower Society, and they have all their little doctrines and their stuff, it's the same thing. And so they have um, some other books that they also really draw from, their doctrines to try to clear things up, like the Pearl of Great Price and things of that nature. But at the end of the day, the Book of Mormon is the gold standard, not the Bible. The Bible is secondary to the Book of Mormon. Um, they also don't believe that God is spirit and omniscient and omnipresent and he's existed eternally forever. We believe God is the uncaused caused, meaning that there's never a start, starting point with God. 
Now, it's hard for us to grasp that because we're not, we're not in this right now. We live in time. We don't understand eternal, right? They believe that God was once a man and he achieved God-like status to become the father. And they ultimately believe that you, through their temple ceremonies and their temple rites, and what you do, you can achieve God-like status as well. They do not believe that Jesus is God in the flesh, equal with God. They believe that he attained a God-like status as well by, by participating and doing all the things that Mormons would do. And so, again, it's based on works, and that's what they believe. And again, do they believe the Bible? Yes, they, they, they believe the Bible is a book that was sent, but the Book of Mormon is, again, the, the greater book to them, the greater revelation. The question to ask is, with Jehovah's Witness or Mormon, that we want to ask, and you're probably asking, well, are they, are they Christians or are they saved? The answer is this. There are a lot of people that are in these groups that don't really know what's happening. They're just ignorant. Okay? And I don't mean ignorant in a bad way. That's not, I'm not, not being condescending. They just don't know. They really think this is a Christian group, right? And, may, and, and I would say this. If they believe that Christ is that's what saves them and not Mormonism, and he is the son of God, he is God. If they believe that, he's God in the flesh, then, then yes, they would be saved. That's not what, what Mormons believe. Mormons teach against that. They don't teach that, uh, you know, again, that Christ was God sent in the flesh to save us from our sins. Jehovah's Witnesses don't teach that. Muslims don't teach that. It's all about what they can do. And one of the things with Mormons, when you look at how do you reach a Mormon, they are, it's all about perfectionism and works. So a lot of them grow up in these really perfectionistic, like, you know, cookie cut. I mean, they, they, from the outside looking in, they look like they got it all together, right? The perfect little families, because they're, they are full of anxiety built on perfectionism, that I've got to be good enough. And they have, again, the LDS temple rites where they go in and they have to do these, these temple rites. So how would you reach a Mormon? The same way you would reach any other religion. They don't have any assurance of salvation, and they're trying to earn it. You've got to draw them back to the doctrine of grace. Christianity is the only religion in the world that teaches the doctrine of grace. And so you bring them back to that. Matter of fact, yesterday I was on an airplane with a, um, I'm coming back from Oklahoma, training pastors this week. And um, I was on the airplane and um, I asked this um, really, really nice African-American lady, uh, older lady sitting next to me. And I said, where are you going? She said, I'm going to Owensville, Alabama. I said, whoever goes to Owensville, Alabama, what is, where is that? And we got laugh. She said, well, I'm, I'm an Eastern star. My husband's a Freemason, 33rd degree. I said, that's great. I said, I used to study all that. You know, she said, oh, you're a Mason? Oh, no, no, I'm not a Mason. I said, that's a cult. I said, but uh, <laughs> it is. It's, it's, a, it's a complete cult. And I, and I, said, um, I, said, I said, I know all your handshakes. I know all your secret temple, all, all your rites. I know all the degrees and all that stuff. I know the Eastern. Oh, okay. But she actually, I said, and, um, and we were talking about it. She said, well, it's not a religion. I said, no, it, no. Here's the problem. You accept all religions in there, and you say whatever you believe is fine, and then you believe that you can achieve higher status by learning these secret ceremonies, right? She says, well, I said, yeah, yeah, you do. I said, so that's called Gnosticism. Gnosticism is by secret knowledge I gain more power. And we got to talking about it. I said, here's the thing. And she said, well, well honey, I, I, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I said, I said, demons do too. I said, and I was really nice to her. I said, they, they believe in God and Jesus. And we, we were talking, great God. I said, but here's the thing. I said, do you know what grace is? And she couldn't answer me. She said, well, I go to church. I said, do you know what grace is? I said, because right now I, I believe you're being tricked to try to earn salvation through works, you and your husband. I said, grace is you can't do it. It's the finished work of the cross. He did it for you. 
I mean, there is nothing we can do to earn better, greater favor in God's eyes. Now, why do we live out good works? Because he redeemed us, and we're so excited, and we're full of his Holy Spirit that we want to go do that. But, and she was leaned in, listening, and then, of course, like some guy comes and sat in the middle of us and that, ended that because he was just talking about all this other, it, 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 it didn't go, he was talking about something else. He got in, he's one of those, those talkers, you know, so I just kind of just bowed out. But she was so leaned into the doctrine of grace, to understand grace. Um, I actually even told her this. This is very, very, I mean, if you want to go down rabbit trails, you can. But when I got saved, Freemasonry was very, very big where I grew up, huge in the rural south. And even pastors were Freemasons. It was, it was really big. Um, and there was a guy that I ended up coming across who had a, he had a pretty crazy testimony, but he, he ended up wanting to learn about, learn, you know, learn about God and Christianity. So he uh, became a Catholic and started Catholic. And then he got um, kind of welcomed into the, um, the Freemasons. And then out of that, he actually wanted to, one of the Freemasons introduced him to a Druidic priest um, of the North American continent and said, I think you'd love to meet this person. Um, he ended up becoming a Wiccan Satan, Satanist priest who practiced uh, vampirism. This is all real. And this, these groups are out there. It's weird. I mean, these are all professionals too in the world. Um, long story short, um, it was really neat. The reason he was so, like, like he kept, like, like with Freemasons and all that, then, then he, he, he um, and the Wiccans, Freemasons and Wiccans all had the same temple rites, the same handshakes, the same stuff. He knew it all. Well, here's the crazy thing. This guy's a Wiccan priest, a Freemason. He's in European esoteric Freemasonry, and he gets a check from the Church of Satan, right, all the time. The lady at the bank wrote on the back of the uh, envelope, I'm praying for you in the name of Jesus, <laughs> right, with red ink. He saw that. He's like, well, that's really cool because Jesus was a, was, a, uh, was a Wiccan too. And he was a, you know, he thought, he, he thought Jesus was all that. That's neat. This man and his wife got, got deathly sick and nobody could figure out why, bedridden. Seriously, could not move, didn't know what was happening after she prayed for him. He prayed out. He, he, they're always told, pray for a sign. And Mormon missionaries are the ones you want to look for. Find the Mormon church if you get in trouble. Because, again, the Mormon church and all their temple rites are all from Wiccan, Wiccans and Freemasonry. It's all the same. All same temple rites, all same beliefs. Uh, two Mormon mi missionaries show up to this guy's door. Um, he becomes a Mormon. They, he goes directly to the elders, elders quorum teacher role. Like, he just flies. They thought he was super spiritual because he knew all of their temple rites because he learned it from Wiccans and Freemasons. And he said this. He said it, that... He, for the first time ever, he had to read the Bible, in, in being a Mormon. And one day, he read Ephesians 2.8, for God has saved us, not by works, but through grace, through faith, right? So that no man can boast. And he said he got down, he took off, they, they, they had to wear like this magic Mormon underwear. It's like, like you know, they, they, they have special underwear they wear, right? He said, he, he, said he, he, he took that stuff, he said he got down on his hands and his knees, and he prayed and gave his life to Jesus, and his wife gave her life to Jesus, and then he used the rest of his life to expose all of that, all of the darkness of Mormonism, of Freemasonry, and wickedness. And I said all that to say this, is that the most powerful thing we have is the doctrine of grace, and I want you to understand that. So if you're wondering, how do I reach people? I don't know enough about the Bible. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And that is the thing that separates us from every other world religion. We are not all the same. Take the coexist sticker, sticker off the back of your bumper because that's not, you can't coexist like far as when it comes to, you can be friends, you can love, you can have good conversations, but we don't serve the same God because our God sent his son 
to die and rise again for our sins so he could have a relationship with us, so he could have fellowship with us. That's, that is the story of Christianity. And today, if you're like wondering, man, I, you know, I've never really, I, I thought Christianity was being a good person and going to church and just singing and being part of the choir. That's not Christianity. Christianity is this. I want to close with this today. Christianity is when you realize you're, you're a sinner, meaning that you're not, you're not perfect, that you have sin. You're not a good person getting better. I'm not. None of us are. None of us are righteous. No, not one. It's when you admit the need that you need the Savior to save you. You cannot save yourself through good works. It's when you surrender to Christ and make him your Lord. You can believe in Jesus, but he can never be your Lord. Jesus said, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, did we do many mighty works in your name? He said, I never knew you. You can serve in church and not know Jesus because you've got to be surrendered to him. That's what Christianity is. And, 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 I, and I, listen, we've, I told, I, we'll be faithful to the text, and I told the group of 24 people that we're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ at this church. I don't care how tiresome it gets. You have to hear it all the time. I don't care how inoculated you feel like you are to it. We're going to preach. That's the gospel. That he died and he rose again so you could have a relationship with God. And what I did on March 1st, 1999 was I accepted the doctrine of grace. I came to an altar and I gave my life to Jesus and I surrendered to him. Have I been perfect? No. Has it been bumpy? Yes. I'm telling you something. Some of you need to do that in your life. You've watched people get water baptized today. Some of you walked away from your faith, man. And listen, God's calling you to just surrender to him. He loves you. He's not upset with you. He's not mad with you. You can walk 30,000 steps away. You're ever only one step when you turn around and look. Because he's right there waiting on you. Amen. I want to do this. Um, today... If you want to give your life to Jesus and you want to make surrender and if you want to make him your savior, I want you to pray this prayer after me. You say, God, I am a sinner. I can't save myself. I'm not perfect. I need the savior. For I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I believe he died. And I believe he rose again on the third day. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord. I surrender. Forgive me of all my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And help me live for you. And it's in Jesus' good name we pray.